When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Day. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The New England Patriots. Blue 58! Go! I'm Mike Reese with the Patriots. Top storyline, simple. Mac Jones and the offense. How much does the addition of new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien make a difference? Will we see the Mac Jones from his rookie year of 2021? Or will it be a continuation of last year when Mac slipped in his second year in the NFL? Patriots feel like they have the support around Mac. Try to get him back to what he was like as a rookie. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. It's time for us to get to know the New England Patriots. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive, Triple H, say ESPN. If you want to jump in with us, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount combined motorcycle rv boat atv and more all your protection in one place you can bundle and save by going to progressive.com evan lazar joins us for the patriot conversation he is a staff writer and patriots catch 22 host for patriots.com and evan let's start with the conversation that we just teased what is the current state of the new england offense coming off a really weird season where it was coordinated by two defensive coaches yeah that's the number one question at training camp every single day now and i think the best way to describe what we've seen from the patriots offense so far is baby steps i don't think this has been a total 180 yet from where it was at the end of last year to now seven training camp practices in but i think what we've seen is two things one they have to unlearn or relearn good habits and unlearn the bad ones from last year. I think that was a big part of what their spring was, was turning the page and starting fresh. And now they're in to installing a new offensive system and learning a new offensive system for the players. And I think what we've seen over the last few days out there is progress, certainly for the offense, getting better in the red zone, a little bit better yesterday and then even better today, which I think was probably the best practice that we've seen Mac Jones have probably since his rookie campaign. So it's been encouraging, uh, but I still think that there's a ways to go for the offense. But again, it, it was a long process. They had to start by unlearning things, and then they had to relearn a whole new playbook. So I think we're still in the early stages of everything going on. Evan, what do you expect the Bill O'Brien offense to look like? It's a good question, and it's one of the more fun questions for me personally to just watch and see Bill O'Brien and what he's installing here uh, with the Patriots. I think what we're going to see is the combination of what Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels worked on a decade ago when he was here the first time and what he did for Alabama over the last couple of seasons. So we've seen a lot of the same O'Brien that McDaniels staples. You know, you have a quick and short and intermediate passing game. That's going to be the crux of how they're going to move the ball through the air. They're going to come downhill at you in the running game. But I think the one thing that they've added 
to this offense from Alabama and obviously O'Brien bringing it from Alabama is more RPOs and more motion at the snap. So we've seen more moving parts, uh, jet motion, things like that, actions in the backfield. And obviously that RPO package that Mac Jones ran a pretty well, I would say almost elite at Alabama uh, running RPOs. And I think that that's going to be another tool in the toolbox for the Patriots this season. So I don't think the offense is going to look all that different from what we were used to with Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels and Mack in his rookie season. But I think it's going to be a little bit more modernized due to O'Brien's experience in the college game the last couple of years. Two a days with the Pats, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman. We are talking to Evan Lazar, staff writer, Patriots Catch 22 host for Patriots.com. Evan, I just uh, sent you a package over to Patriot Place. It has truth serum in it. I'd like you to give it to Bill <laughs> Belichick. What do you think on the truth serum Belichick will say about his confidence level in his quarterback right now? Huh, that's a good question. I, I think that he has somewhat, I don't know, trepid confidence, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I'm trying to think of a, a way to say that he's my starter for now and I, I'm okay with him being my starter, but if he doesn't really wow me in training camp and it starts off rough in the first month or so of the season, then I don't hold it against Bill Belichick or you know hold it past him that he would make a switch to Bailey Zappi if it didn't start well during the regular season. I think in training camp there's been really no indications that it's a true competition. That doesn't mean that Zappi hasn't gotten his opportunities, but they've mostly come with the second-team offense, and certainly during competitive periods, it's all been first-team Mac Jones, second-team Bailey Zappi. But I don't see a huge drop-off in terms of the downfield throws from Mac to Zappi. I, I think Mac's a little bit sharper uh, pre-snap and a little bit uh, better in the short game uh, than Bailey Zappi is. But Zappi, for quite frankly, has made better downfield throws in his opportunities in this camp, I would say, than Mac Jones. So I think it's going to take – 0-3, 0-4, 1-5 out of the gate for it to really become serious in New England in terms of the quarterbacks. But I, they're not – they're preparing Zappi to at least be ready if that opportunity comes knocking. I wouldn't say they're preparing him to start, but they're keeping him involved and keeping him fresh just in case that does happen down the road. Evan, another question about Bill Belichick. People like Aaron, people like myself, we talk about pressure that Bill Belichick might feel. The teams that he's had the past couple of years have not been up to the standard that he has set for himself with his continued level of success. But you have boots on the ground in Foxborough. How much pressure is on Bill Belichick internally? I don't think that there's a load of pressure on him quite yet. I think the biggest thing that you hear about within the building is maybe just a little bit of a divide on how to build a roster and the way that the modern NFL game, especially on the offensive side of the ball is played. And what I'm getting at is things like not being willing to give an extra few million bucks to DeAndre Hopkins to get him here in new England, or the way that they've handled the skill positions in general, especially the wide receiver position. I think that there is a legitimate divide in the building between some of the people in the personnel department and Belichick on the value of a number one wide receiver and how much they're willing to pay or give up in terms of a first round pick or something along those lines for a number one wide receiver. So I still think the biggest divide internally is that Belichick feels like 
solid offense, ball control offense, protect the football, really, really good defense, great special teams, and complementary football in all three phases, that's still going to win them football games at this juncture in 2023. Whereas I think a lot of other teams have looked at it and said, if we're not scoring 30 a game, then we're not going to win a championship in today's NFL. So I think that those are the two things that I look at is how his roster is built and this idea of spreading the wealth throughout the entire roster in terms of the salary cap and kind of building this middle class that he really relies upon to have solid depth at every position versus going out and spending on top-end talent. And I do think that there is some people that would have given DeAndre Hopkins what he wanted to get him here in New England. Interesting. You know, I think about all this and it sounds like the team is a total mess, but like if they didn't throw the ball right to Chandler Jones to give him a free touchdown last year or if they'd have won the last week of the season against Buffalo, like there were ways that the Patriots could have made the playoffs last year. So what do you think a reasonable expectation is for them for this season? But what would they have to do for you to say they had a good year? Yeah, I mean, look, that's a strong feeling in the building, too. They were 8-9 and nine last year, even despite Matt Patricia calling plays for their offense and a whole lot of self-inflicted wounds like the one in Vegas that you just mentioned. So you put Bill O'Brien at the helm, and I think that there are people that think that they can get back to being a 10-win football team like they were in 2021. I think the difference, though, and maybe it's, it can change at a drop of a hat, an injury, a quarterback doesn't play in a game against New England or something along those lines. We know how this works. But the difference between 2021 and this year on paper is that the schedule is much tougher this year than it was for Mac Jones in his rookie season. So they're going to go through a gauntlet of really good teams at the beginning of the year, opening against Philly, Miami, the Jets, Dallas. And then they're also going to have to play Patrick Mahomes down the line. So they have a lot of really tough games on the schedule. So I think realistically – uh, I would see them as a seven or eight win football team. I think their Vegas odds are at seven and a half right now, but it's Belichick, it's O'Brien. They're going to be well coached in all three phases again. And I do think that if they get some lucky bounces, and like I said, maybe a game where one of the starting quarterbacks doesn't end up playing or something along those lines, you could be talking about a nine or 10 win team. Well, as Bill told us at the beginning of camp, football players usually play football and writers and podcast hosts usually do what they do. That's what Evan Lazar does for Patriots.com, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Evan. No problem, guys. Anytime. That's Evan Lazar with us, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. It's an interesting topic to jump off of here on the whole Belichick thing because I think he's often overlooked. Michelle, do you you think if we polled the audience that he would still win best coach in the NFL? No. No. I I don't think the audience would give him that designation. I think that would likely go to Andy Reid. But I bet if you polled people in the NFL, he would still be high on the list. Yeah. I just think coming from a team where Belichick once was and the perspective of Cleveland, which is where I live and the team that I cover the closest, if Bill Belichick was available, no offense to Kevin Stefanski and his lovely beard, but we would throw him into Lake Erie to go get Bill Belichick from New England. Are you kidding me? To go get Bill? Like, how prepared his teams are, how well-organized things are, how the wealth of knowledge that he... 
I mean, I know that sometimes people are rubbed wrong by the press conferences or whatever, but let's not lose sight of, I don't think Tom wins six in New England without Belichick. I think somehow he's become underrated. Big time. I mean, we're talking about him potentially being on the hot seat and getting fired. No, and come on. I, I, I agree because I don't think that Robert Kraft would do that to him. Um, I think that not only – let's say they have a terrible season, Aaron, an embarrassment of a season. I still don't think Robert Kraft would want to – do that to Bill Belichick to fire him. The guy won eight Super Bowls. He brought uh, unprecedented success to New England. It's he's still one of the greatest coaches that's out there. And you know, I watched the quarterback series on Netflix, and I think Kirk Cousins, yeah, had a really good line in there when the Vikings were playing the Patriots. He was like, "I have to be a hundred. I'm paraphrasing here. I have to be 110 percent prepared because if I'm not." Bill Belichick will expose me because he is so prepared and he knows the opposition so well that he will find a way to expose me. And I think that when the Patriots play teams, are they as good on paper as the Jets or the Dolphins or the Bills? No. no, no but you no. think those head coaches are staying up at night wondering what Bill Belichick might have up his sleeve and what he might, what weaknesses he might see in their team that he can exploit? You bet they are. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think the Patriots' problem the last couple of years, Michelle, has been a coaching problem. I think it's a talent problem. I think I think they have one of the least talented rosters in the entire NFL. I mean, they chose to spend a first-round pick on Mac Jones, who I think is fine. But what does he do that's elite? Like, you, you watch some of the highlights. Go, what Flip on SportsCenter. Watch what Anthony Richardson did at practice today in Indianapolis. Like, that is an elite-level athlete. Mac Jones, is as, as much as he's, I'm sure, a very solid quarterback, there's nothing about him that makes him a unicorn. You know what I mean? Or just, whereas I think in the past they could get away with that because they had Brady's mind and Belichick's mind and they could out-scheme and out-smart and out-tough every team they played. I think now without Brady, they're realizing, like, you just need elite players mostly to win in this league. Like, you need guys who totally jump off the page. I guess Matthew Judon is really good on defense. Kyle Duggar was a really good find from Lenore Rhine, wherever that is. I mean, these guys are good players. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody is saying that they're the best in the world at their position, that they're all world. I I think their issue is not coaching. It's talent, which is why I'm surprised if Belichick takes the blame. It's much more to me on the roster building side of things than it is on the actual coaching on game day side. So I do think it's more of a personnel problem. But last year you had multiple voices calling plays on the offense that that cannot happen. That clearly was not the way to go. So I think there was a coaching issue last season. And hopefully with Mac Jones having one consistent voice in his ear and Mm -hmm. one one set of directives that he has to follow, you'll see more of. 2021 Mac Jones than you did 2022 Mac Jones. And I was honestly surprised, Aaron, that Bill Belichick would allow that. Because on the surface, we're all looking at it from the outside saying, this isn't going to work. Why do we think this is going to be successful? And I was just really surprised that for an organization that for so long, the Patriot way, who had one person, one head of the snake, where everything ran through him, I was really surprised to see him allow something like that. Yeah. I wonder if he'd ever be open to hiring a real general manager. He and might I, need I to. wonder, ra- rather than firing him, 
or because I think he wants this record, the all-time NFL coaching record. He's 30 wins away, 30 wins behind Don Shula, and he also has to pass Hallis. He's third on the all-time list right now. And in order to get those 31 wins that he'd need to, but that used to be two Patriot seasons, by the way. Now it's clearly three years, if not more. I mean, if they only win four or five games this year, Michelle, like he's, he's going to have to coach another decade at that rate in order yeah. to get the 30 wins. Um, but to me, like, I think there's a way for him to still manage the coaching side of the job without asking him to find the wide receivers. Because I, I think now we're at a place, again, without the incredible advantage of having the greatest quarterback of all time, where I think it's really exposed their inability to identify talent. I think they still develop players great, but I don't know that they find the best players to draft. Drafting has never been, as Chris Carlin, Carlin told us earlier, it's never been his strong suit. So... I don't know that you could ever tell Bill we're taking something off of your plate and giving it to somebody else. Maybe they could find someone to pair with him, but I think having the right personnel executive might be what happens if the Patriots fall short of expectations this year or something they'd seriously consider. But I just wonder how you broach that conversation with him. He's 71 years old. He's won eight Super Bowls. How do you tell him at this stage, we're taking this off your plate and have him be cool with it? And maybe then at that juncture, you say, it's either this route that you take or we find a way to mutually part ways. Here's but the I, trick. Here's yeah, the, you me. have to convince him that it was his idea all along. You really think that's going to work with Bill Belichick with the hoodie? <sighs> this man wants control, clearly. I mean, look, Bill, like... You know, you know what I'm kind of hoping, actually, because the record thing, whatever, I think he's the greatest coach ever, you know, regardless. What I really want is I want Bill Belichick in the booth because I think he would be fantastic. Oh, I think he'd be so in the broadcast booth. No, oh my, don't you think it'd, he'd be I think he'd be phenomenal. Amazing. You tackle. thought good coverage. <laughs> you thought Tony Romo Heck of a player. Come on. Was great That's at what predicting you're get. what play they're going to run. Boy, Belichick would just be, oh, I think the stories. And if he, you ever got unfiltered, Bill, because I think he has a better sense of humor than anybody ever gives him credit for. Imagine you pair him like with uh, a really revved up broadcaster, you know, Sean McDonough and Bill Belichick or whatever, you know, guys. You know, that was uh, not ideal. I don't know what the officials were thinking about there. Make him, you do, make him do some sponsor reads. Oh, I'd be fantastic. I would love know. Bill Belichick after dark. Like, if you're going to get him in a relaxed setting where there are no restrictions from any major broadcast networks and he could just let it fly and he feels like there's no repercussions, great. But I think these guys get in the booth or they get on the set and in yeah. their mind, Sean Payton said more about a fellow coach when he was back being a head coach than he ever did when he was broadcasting. A lot of these guys protect yep. the craft. They protect their fellow coaches. They protect the game. They don't say what they want to say. And I don't think Bill Belichick would be any different. I think he's going to get on a boat. He loves the Navy. He loves to sail. He loves that boat. And he's going to be like, see you later. I'm out. Whenever uh, will he, he chooses Will he ever to. coach another team? I don't think so, no. Well, you know, he is close to the... Isn't he close to breaking the all-time losses by a coach, too? Like, what no. if he got... Yes, he is. I swear. He's oh, like... Is he really? I, he's like a hand... Let me Google it really quick. Oh, he's I, a I, handful I, I, away. Right, let, let's, let's get to the bottom of that. Also, we'll talk about how a college football betting scandal is bleeding into the NFL. 
Players, stay off your betting apps. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Camp to camp. Everywhere. Team to team. It's on this field where fortunes are made or lost. Continuing coverage. The countdown to kickoff rolls on. 36 days until the NFL season begins. Yeah, I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. Michelle, when coaches say they like players who bet on themselves, I don't think this is what they're talking about. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. So this is a scandal now that's going on at Iowa State, but it's also trickled into the NFL. Here are the details. Broncos defensive end Yoma Wazirike was suspended by the NFL. He violated the league's gambling policy, and now he's facing accusations that he bet on both NFL and college games within a two-year span. According to a complaint filed Tuesday, Iowa District Court, Wazirike bet on four Iowa State games during his time in college, including two in which he participated 2021. He's also accused of placing 32 bets on Broncos games pertaining to individual players on the team. So I imagine, like, what? He knew the game plan, so he would bet on, you know, Javante Williams to rush for a certain number of yards because he had seen in the offensive meeting that that was their plan. The bets included five games from 2022, including one in which he played a Week 15 contest against the Cardinals. I don't think that the pinnacle gambling scandal would be would be like the Black Sox. Like if he was betting against the Broncos and mm-hmm. was tanking the game, right. then I think we'd have a massive, massive problem. But 
I think we're going to continue to see this because I think that college athletes still are underpaid, and I think that's the right market for someone who wants to really mess around with the outcomes of games. Absolutely, and you know that this is what the league is trying to avoid with having the gambling policy and all of these consequences that happen if you break it. But I just... The way that we have embraced sports gambling, not only with us as consumers, but these leagues that are allowing it and encouraging it, I just don't know how it's not going to inevitably bleed into these players. If they're betting on other sports and then they get a little taste of what it's like to make money, do I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be doing this? Unlikely. But I do think that some of these other players are going to do exactly what we're seeing now. Okay, I see... The game plan. I know that we're going to exploit X player or X weakness and that this guy is going to have a big game or at least intends to have a big game. So I'm going to put money on it or I'll tell somebody else to put money on it, which I know that they discourage as well. But I just think with the way things are trending, this is so omnipresent in our society and the way that we consume sports that I don't think that this is going away. And it's so easy to, I mean, I'm in Ohio, which is a gambling state. You're in New York, which is a gambling state. I could jump on my phone and I could place a bet in three seconds. And sometimes, you know, I feel like I watch a team enough that I just know uh, they're behind. They're never coming back. Or, you know, I know, you know, a little, I have maybe a little bit of additional sense of what's going on. But I, I do wonder, like something as simple as the injury report right now, I think the NFL has got to start being really careful about what the public knows because I get the sense that sometimes there are people that have a little more information and then have a little bit of an edge on what the number comes in. And ultimately, it's not going to be good for anybody if you don't feel like the game that you're playing when you're playing it is fair, let alone, you know, whether the game is on the up and up, which I still think it largely is. It's the question is not like, is the outcome of the game on the it's the game that you're playing on your phone when you're logged into the app, whether that's on the up and up. I I think we're going to see a lot more of this. And I think in particular in college sports where like one of the reasons the Black Sox scandal happened was because, you know, shoeless Joe was making like 10 bucks an hour. (laughs) Yeah, totally. If 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 that so, you know, and and the owner was making a ton of money. And so the the economic disparity, okay, that's exactly what we have going on right now in college sports. If you're an Iowa State kid and your conference is making a ton of money, but you're not exactly scoring in aims on the big, you know, I don't know, uh, what do they sell in aims? The big cheese deal or whatever. I don't know that that's yours. Corn. Okay, the big corn endorsement is going to somebody else. Then you might be sitting there thinking, well, how can I try to take advantage of this and make some extra money? You know what's really big in Iowa? Casey's gas stations. I feel like there's a Casey's on every corner. So maybe they're, they're trying to ink a Casey's What is it? What is a Casey's gas station? I've been to Iowa, but what is a Casey's oh, gas station? So these are gas stations that have food in them. The Casey's pizza, I've never had it, which is shame on me because I've been to Iowa. It's supposed to be iconic. It's supposed to be phenomenal. And a lot of people go no. to these gas stations. Yes, I'm, sorry. I'm telling you. Michelle, I'm, I'm sorry. You. I'm not eating gas station pizza. Not I happening. I think you're missing out, my friend, because... 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you are from Iowa, please get my back here and come on these airwaves and sing the praises of Casey's Pizza. I've never had it, so I can't do it. But I'm telling you, you, I'm telling you. You live in New York City, New York State. You're eating pizza from an Iowa gas station? 
That sounds I, like the pizza they serve in hell. I am not above eating anywhere. I I like to do live my life like Anthony Bourdain. I will eat from a meat truck on the street. I will eat from sure. someone's random back alleyway if they've got a pot of jambalaya that they offer me. I will try anything, including gas station pizza in Iowa. So I would eat Mexican food from a gas station because I feel like somehow those two what? things. That, and I definitely eat barbecue from like a southern gas station. I feel like could be incredible. In an Anthony Bourdain sort of way, but pizza and a, and gas, like those two things, I'm sorry, they do not go together. And it's it happens here. There's this place, S-H-E-E-T-Z, Sheets. Sheets. It's in Ohio. Have you ever had a Sheets? No, I've never heard of Sheets. Apparently, the food is fantastic. All I know is when I go to Sheets, I smell the gas, and I have no interest in eating the food whatsoever. Well, I just want you but, to know that Casey's Pizza is popping so much that they just announced that they have a thin crust option. They're diversifying. Thin crust option. Okay. Well, they should have had a thin crust option to begin with. I'm curious what it's like. Like, what kind of... This is just like a Tostino's pizza that they throw in the uh, old microwave or something, right? It's a, They're not making fresh pie in a gas station in Iowa. Not no, I, happening. I believe that they are. This this gas station is actually known for this pizza. I think people go there for the pizza and then get gas as a secondary. So you might go to a Casey's gas station not for gas but for pizza? Yes. I'm telling you, someone from Iowa is going to call in and back me up on this. I, I know a few things well, in life, but I we, know my Midwest people. We have somebody on the line. Alan is in Iowa, and he joins us on ESPN Radio. Alan, please tell me you don't eat the gas station pizza, do you? I just had three large Casey's pizzas two days ago. My man. What, you had, you had three by yourself? Oh, no, me and my family. They make them fresh. They use real ingredients. Telling you. Better than any of your large pizza chains. you got to try them. Like what? Describe the pie. Like, is it uh, doughy? Is it is it crispy? Uh, thin? It's it's not thin. It's not thick. It's the perfect <laughs> hand toss consistency. Fresh sauce. Fresh ingredients. They're uh, bacon breakfast pizzas to die for. Um, I mean, all their pizza is bomb, and it's made fresh. Well, there you there you have it. I guess I'm we're missing out on the. I just think the smell of the gas would make me not want to eat the pizza. But you said that the smell of the gas would not deter you from barbecue from a gas station. Because the the barbecue is cooking with gas. See, the two <laughs> things go together. Uh, Ramon in Iowa is on uh, ESPN Radio. What's up, Ramon? Hey, what's up, man? First of all, you don't smell the gas when you get the Casey's Pizza, all right? That's right. Um, number two, that Casey's pizza is really, really good. It's made fresh in the kitchen every day. And even when you order, um, <clears throat> it's way better than Tostino's. To me, Tostino's is like a microwave bite-sized pizza, like a pizza you have with a spring fin, though. Yeah. The pizza that the Casey's pizza, you have to watch a big screen TV with some football, man. It's, it's really good. R- yep. Ramon, give really give good. me your pizza credentials, because like I'm wondering if the pizza people that are loving up on this pizza have never had real pizza, so they don't know what to compare it to. What what's like the best pizza you've ever had? Was where? Best pizza I've ever had, frozen kind. I have to say, Giorno. Wait a minute, no, no, no. Lots of matzo is a frozen kind that I've had before. That's really good. As far as in person, um, I had a deep dish from. 
a place in Chicago once, but this Casey's Pizza. Yeah, it's really see, good. They don't do deep dish. Ramon, I, Ramon, I appreciate the opinion. I don't mean to be putting it down, Michelle. You know, I'm kind of a pizza snob, having lived in New York City, having gone to NYU and eaten the famous Johns of Bleecker. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm getting excited about a pizza that comes from a gas station. That's all I'm saying. I just want it to be known. I am not an expert on many things. I would say I'm an expert on the Midwest. I knew my Midwest people would come through. And I'm telling you, you need to take that elitist attitude about the pizza in New York. You need to put it to the side. And you need to go to the heartland of America. You need to roll up at the gas station. And you need to try a slice of Casey's Pizza. Eric in Iowa is ready to throw down over Casey's Pizza. He's on ESPN Radio. What's up, Eric? Hey, man. I... I'm not going to tell you it's John's on Bleaker, okay? But this Tostino's comparison, you couldn't be more wrong. Hand-tossed, fresh cheese, fresh meat, so good. The breakfast pizza, knock your socks off. And just a pro tip, throw some jalapenos on your breakfast sausage pizza. So, so Eric, what is a breakfast pizza? Oh, my gosh. It's got a cheese base, or, or you can use gravy... And it's got your scrambled eggs, your sausage or bacon. Sometimes you do both. And then it's got your cheese over the top. It's delicious. They put scrambled eggs on pizza and you call it a break. I got to try this. Eric, thank you for the call. I've never dared to have a breakfast pizza. But I guess in Iowa, it's the thing to do. Everybody keeps going to that. And they say it's hand tossed. Mm -hmm. Like, what does hand tossed mean? Like, like there are places where they ha- a machine tosses your pizza. It's saying they're saying that they make the dough. It comes in a ball. They toss it themselves. It's not. I think they're saying they're not getting a pre-made crust. They're making it in house every day, tossing it up fresh. Fresh. Wow. All right, I got to look at pictures of this, and I really want pizza now after talking <laughs> about starving. This. Uh, up next, Eduardo Rodriguez explained why he is not a Los Angeles Dodger today, and it is fascinating reasoning. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin are hungry for pizza on ESPN Radio (laughs) and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman. All right, Michelle, I got the play of the night tonight. 
And I like the Tampa Bay Rays straight up. Now, they are going against Garrett Cole at Yankee Stadium, but I feel like all this conversation around the Yankees not doing anything at the trade deadline, and I think it's just created a weird vibe around their clubhouse. Uh huh. And I think the Rays are going to be able to take care of business tonight. They've got McClanahan. This is a really good pitching matchup. But take them on the run line, plus one and a half runs. So if the Yankees win by one, you still win. I like the Rays plus the one and a half at Yankee Stadium against Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Now, I'm one for one in my last one. I gave you the tie you did. in the United States-Portugal Women's World Cup match. Uh, I did that not knowing any players on <laughs> Portugal and just knowing that the Women's World Cup team has just kind of not been as good as everybody thought they'd be. Uh, so that worked out last time. Thank you to those of you that played the play of the day. And now I got uh, the Rays, plus the one and a half on the run line tonight at Yankee Stadium. And it's time for us to hit three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. We start with Eduardo Rodriguez. Didn't want to go to the Dodgers. He vetoed a trade. How did Eduardo Rodriguez get a no-trade clause to begin with? Baseball is super weird. He said, quote, it's nothing against the Dodgers or the West Coast or whatever. It's just about the details to go out there and where my family is. But he plays for the Tigers, who are terrible, and he doesn't want to go to Los Angeles. He's like the one person that wouldn't want to move from Detroit to Los Angeles, Michelle. But I I respect that there are things that are more important to him than where he plays and what quality of team he's on. I wouldn't do that. I would be like packing my bags, telling my family, we've got a chance to go to a better team. They're in contention. Let's go. But clearly his future is where his family is happy. So he wanted to stay there. The Yankees placed Domingo Herman on the restricted list. This is for alcohol abuse. You know, going from pitching a perfect game earlier this year to now going on this list, uh, he agreed to voluntarily submit to inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse. It's critical that Domingo completely focus on addressing his health and well-being, the Yankees said in a statement. Right-hander last pitched on Monday, throwing five shutout innings in relief after initially being scratched from the start for what the Yankees had said was armpit discomfort. He will not pitch again this season. This is yet another just chapter in a Yankee season that's been a mess um, obviously hoping that Domingo Herman finds the help that he needs here. Um, but as far as looking on the field at what the Yankees face, I mean, they have holes in their lineup and now a lot of question marks in their rotation, Michelle, as well. Absolutely. And I remember when Domingo Herman had that perfect game, I covered it. And his uncle had passed away a couple days before, and he was grieving that loss, had dedicated that game to his uncle. So you never really know what people are dealing with. So hopefully he gets the help that he needs. No doubt about that. Uh, and that is another edition of 3 and Out. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.